10 monster landers. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm recording now. Oh, <laughs> 10 monster landers. Shh. <laughs> All right, so I'm Nate. I'm here with Gretchen and Bobby. Uh, we met Bobby because Bobby was the breeder of Gretchen's first Klein Monster Lander, Ebby. Um, and then because Gretchen got Ebby and we were at a Monster Lander test, I ended up getting Aura. Um, and it was then, my fault, too. It was yeah. your fault. It was your fault. You're correct. And then, um, and then now Gretchen also has Archer, who is... Uh, the, one of Ebby's sons, um, out of it, out of her first litter. So I, um, it didn't take that much goading, but um, I wanted to just do like a recap of our the New Mexico leg of our hunt, and then I'll try to do another one of these for Kansas, which so far isn't starting out so great. Um, but we'll talk about New Mexico first. So we got to New Mexico the day two days after Christmas. And then uh, we, we're not going to, like, say specific locations. <laughs> but so um, we were hunting um, in the southern part of the state to start. Um, and we stayed at a really cool, uh, what would you call that? Was that like a barn that was converted into? It was a bunkhouse. It was a bunkhouse, bunk yeah. Yeah, that was, that was neat. So, so we stayed there, um, basically it was like this, it was like this, uh, separate structure from the regular house that the, the landowners had and they weren't around, but, um, that place was nice, uh, a good kind of home base for where we were hunting. And then we, we spent some time hunting gambles quail and, um, I don't think we found any scaly while we were there and and we found some Mern's quail. While we were out there too. Um, Gretz, what did you think about those first hunts in New Mexico? Um, um, Any um, of them um, were um, memorable? The huge wind day. Oh yeah, <laughs> so much wind. Uh, what was that? The first full day we were out. The first. Full the day. first full day. Yeah. Yeah, crazy amount of wind. So really tough scenting conditions. Um, and shooting conditions. And shooting conditions. So the dogs got out there and got to stretch their legs. And uh, Yeah, number eights don't fly too good through like 40 mile an hour wind gusts. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was tough. But we still got out there and we got some scouting done. We got some birds. That first day? Gosh, I don't even remember. A couple. Yeah. Um, and uh, overall, because we've been to that, we've been to... New Mexico. One Twice of, now. Yeah, this was our second time out there. Mm-hmm. First time that south. Yeah. You know, south as we were. But we've been into Arizona a few times. Um, and um, I think that New Mexico, the weather was was overall better in the sense that it was it was cooler. Like we definitely would get warm out, but our dogs were able to work kind of longer. They're not very heat tolerant. Mm-hmm. They just had rain and stuff. There, there was too. rain. So. Yeah, there was actually like water in places. Like the Rio Grande actually had water in it. Um, last year it was completely dry. Right. So so that was that was neat. Um, so it's kind of cool to to see similar places as we did last year, but see how kind of 
you know, different they were because of the water. Um, the Merns quail is tough. Walking. A lot of rock. A lot of rock. A lot of wobbly, wobbly rocks that you're, you know, you have to concentrate on just basically not rolling an ankle so much. Um, so there's just, it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of energy to do that, mental and physical. But, um, you know, all very worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes... A feeling of accomplishment. <laughs> yes. When you, when you can, what did we bring back? Five merns that day. Yeah, yeah, and we could have had a, we could have had more. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, well, let's go back. So the first walk we took when we got in, we took Archer out, and we found a little like watering hole kind of spot, right? And so there were two spoonbills on the water there oh, that we yay, that we jump shot. About that and so shot one that was dead, and then the second one um, I shot and. My choke was a little open for where I shot it, so it was wounded. So Archer got to do his first kind of little duck search there and get some water retrieves. Uh, and then after that, we were walking, and he started tracking really nicely. And I kind of said, uh, I said, wouldn't it be funny if there was a rabbit right there? And not three seconds later, <laughs> a jackrabbit flushed um, right out of where he was. Um, and so we had to kind of like, we, we kept having him track and he produced that, that rabbit, it would run. And that happened a number of times. Um, I, I think I had to shoot it two or three times, I think. And then by the time we finally caught up to it, I'm trying to get Archer on the actual track again so that he could come, he could find the rabbit and get a retrieve. And Gretchen and I watched that thing. It was like in a spaghetti western. The rabbit like stood up really tall and just fell straight backwards <laughs> and like expired. Um, and so then Archer got to retrieve the bunny and that was our first walk there. And then and I that think, was in within 20 minutes maybe? Yeah. Total with yeah. the ducks and everything. And then, um, and then the next day we, uh, that's where we went to that spot that had the, the big water tank and windmill. Yeah, north of Hachit. Yeah. And that dam. Yeah. yeah, that place. Yeah, that place. Um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, so we found some gambles there. Um, but the wind was so bad that day. <laughs> I think it was like a sustained 15 or 20 mile an hour wind. And then there were gusts up to 40 or 50 miles an hour. So it made it really hard um, for the dogs to scent birds and for people to shoot birds. Um and then that next day we went to, uh, that's when we went to hunt Mern's quail. And so Ebby had the nicest point <laughs> on a big old covey of Mern's quail that I've ever seen her have. Um, and I, walking in front of her point, got so close to those birds that when they flew, I think I, I, I dumped both barrels before those birds were 20 feet away from me. So even I was shooting the most open choke. I, I had cylinder chokes in both barrels and I missed twice. And I still like it, it it's going to haunt me forever that she did such good work on that covey and I missed both of them. Um, I think was that, was that the group that we that we hunted up that hillside mm -hmm. a little bit though, right? And the, then up and over and down. Yes, yeah, so did you get any out of that group? 
I didn't. One I did two. not harvest any, okay. but we did get points on them. Gotcha. In, okay. in an effort towards harvesting. <laughs> so then we found. Uh, so then we found another cubby. Because I was usually almost falling on my butt trying to shoot on those going up that hill. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so then we found another cubby, and I think that one. I don't remember. We got a couple birds. One or two out of that. And then there was that last cubby that I was sending Aura down into a creek. I wanted her to just get wet because she, I could tell she was really hot. And as she's running down there, she was on the wrong side of the wind. And I don't know, a dozen a dozen birds got up. A, a decent sized cubby got up basically right where I was sending her to go get wet. And so they flush up. Mern's quail tend to flush up um, kind of a mountain. They go behind trees and they go up. They go up the hill. Um, and so then we spent some time trying to hunt singles there. And that's where, Gretchen, you got your first Merns quail mm -hmm. there. So our point one. Point. Yeah, and you went in and flushed in it, I bush. think. Yeah, and I went in and flushed it. Um, it kind of moved away from us in front of Gretchen. She shot um, and then was able to get that one. And then, Bobby, you got a couple... Out of that cubby too, one or yeah. two, mm -hmm. I yeah. think. Yeah, I got two. Yeah. yeah. So we got. So you we got, got one. Yeah. So we got five total, and um, with with any kind of covey birds, we're just trying not to shoot the covey out. Um, we're in Kansas now, and it's the first time that I've hunted bob whites. But I, I my understanding is that they're kind of similar. That they sort of have a home range that's not very big. I think. What I've been told about Hungarian partridge, they're similar too. Um, so when you're when you're shooting at these coveys, it's like you you're trying to not take too many birds out of a group um, because if you are careful about that stuff, then you'll have birds in generally the same area to hunt next year when you come back. Is that correct? Am I right? Correct. Saying that. Yeah. So. So we had a. That was a, I felt like a really good day of burn school hunting to be able to walk into a new place and find a couple coveys of Mern's quail, get decent dog work on them, um, and have never like been there before and just sort of scouting online and stuff like that. I was pretty happy with how we did that day. That's probably my favorite day of the trip so far. And I had never hunted Mern's, and so it was fun for me to learn. You knew, you knew better the habitat and what where to try to look for them and so it was good for me to be able to learn some of that for future then we went to uh we stayed in a we stayed in a trailer uh, in a town uh, a little bit north of where we were uh an airbnb that was um, not a trailer it, it was yeah. it was a double wide it was a double wide yeah. yeah so it was like a it was like a luxurious trailer our bedroom had a big kind of jacuzzi style tub, but you had to step up into it to get, it was the weirdest thing. I just thought I was going to fall on my face trying to get in and out of that thing. That was also where Aura shit on the bed. <laughs> so I took her out to go to the bathroom and completely forgot that she hadn't run that day. Um, and Aura's like a once a day shitter. And so we, I took her out, she peed, and then we brought her inside. And she, we're like walking around, it smells so bad in here. Why does this place smell like shit? 
And then I walked in the bedroom. I said, oh, it's because she took, literally, she took a dump as big as her head on the bed there. It was disgusting. It was solid. So that was good. So Gretchen picked up, pick the, up. <laughs> Gretchen picked up the pieces and flushed them down the toilet, like, which is really funny to me for some in reason. In multiple, I think it took me three trips. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to clog the toilet. <laughs> so gross. <coughs> so that's cool. <laughs> so in that place, um, we hunted around there for a couple of days, mostly gamble squail, right? Right. I think we. I think we, we. We saw a lot of quail. Yeah, yeah, we did see a lot of quail. Yeah, that was when Anya had her run where she decided that she was a flusher <laughs> instead of a uh, pointing dog, and I, I, said some very not nice things about her, and then she's pointed very nicely <laughs> since then. So I'm gonna proactively talk about how she's a terrible dog on every trip moving forward. And then maybe I'll get, like, good dog work right off the bat. <laughs> um, so we hunted there for a little bit, and then we went back to, we went to Bobby's house to kind of regroup and, and uh, do laundry, do laundry <laughs> and eat fix a, a meal. Fix a wheel. Yeah, fix a wheel. Oh, oh that, yeah, yeah, you're, Jeez. so leaving the, the last place we were hunting before we went to Bobby's house, you, well, you should tell I left early, and I was driving up a rather remote highway, and uh, there was a rock wall on the right side, and evidently a significantly large rock rolled across the road, and I hit it, and, um, and it dented my wheel, so I got an immediate flat, and... And I know it's a remote highway because it took me about 45 minutes to change my tire. I had to put a donut on. Um, and uh, in 45 minutes, not a car came by. <laughs> and, and, and I had to drive 50 miles an hour for 190 miles <laughs> to get home on this donut on the interstate, which was really scary <laughs> to drive that slow. <laughs> So anyway, I had to get that fixed. I got a new wheel. <laughs> yeah, so you were able to find something, and those guys uh, squeezed you in yeah. pretty fast. Right. And so we were able to kind of. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made this trip. Yeah, we yeah. were able to. We were able to <laughs> move on to <laughs> this this Kansas trip. Um, so we're on our way back home, um, but we're hunting Kansas now for this second week of this trip, and um, we got some. We got some general information about where to hunt from friends of ours that we met in North Dakota a couple years ago. And then we got a couple pins from, um, from one of those guys and, uh, maybe they were hunted earlier in the year and they were good, but we stopped at a bunch of those places and it was just, it was basically bare dirt. I mean, it had, like been, it was, it was, it had been grazed to the ground. And yeah. so kind of the, the stuff that we're looking for is you need to have cover you need to have food, and there needs to be water reasonably close for you to have a relatively high likelihood to find birds. So we spent the first half of the day um, trying to trying to kind of find look at these habitat. different places, yeah, and find habitat. And so 
Uh, Bobby ended up kind of splitting off and doing her own thing, and then Gretchen and I did the same thing. We were just tr trying to look for places that would be good to hunt. So what was supposed to be a hunting day kind of turned into a scouting day more. Um, and then while Gretchen and I were scouting, we did find a number of places with good cover, but then we had our own vehicle mishap. Um, so I drove down this one road across a little wood bridge, and then I saw a lot of mud that I didn't feel good about being able to get through, um, even though we were in a four-wheel drive truck. So then trying to back up and get out of there, you just started sliding sideways immediately. And so Kansas has this mud. I don't know what it is about this Clay. mud. Is that what it is? Yeah. But... Um, you know, our friends that live here kind of warned us about it, and that's why we even delayed the trip by a day or two because they got bad weather. And when that stuff turns into mud, you just have a really hard time kind of, well, not hard time. You, it, it's basically impassable. Um, so we got stuck and then trying to back out. We were sliding all over the place. Luckily, Gretchen bought probably two years ago a set of... Um, those like traction, what are they called? They're uh, right, you told her they were dumb. They're like traction pads <laughs> or something like that. So these things you stick under the wheels um, when you're when you're kind of on uh, slippery terrain, and then you, you your tires will bite these plastic um, these plastic traction pads. And then you can usually kind of back out. So we sort of did that, and then we pulled a bunch of brush um, from the sides of the road and kind of laid that down over top of the mud as well. Uh, and then I remembered my dad telling me when I was a lot younger that when you're on slippery terrain, if you take a bunch of air out of your tires, then it just creates more friction. Um, so I think I my tires cold... Um, you can fill them up to like 44 PSI or something. So I think I dropped that down by about half. And the combination of all those things, we were able to back out and, and get out of there. We did kind of when we were most of the way out, have some guys pull up in a much larger truck, much better equipped truck than ours, and offer to pull us out. But we were, we were already pretty much out. So we... We got out of that, and then we are trying to find a good place to hunt for the two or three hours we had left um, of daylight. And so we ended up going to this one little quarter section. Um, out When you're hunting out west, most of that stuff is, most of the land you're hunting is broken up into square miles, right? So a sec one section is one square mile. 640 acres. Yeah. And so when when you're looking on a program like Onyx or any of these plat maps that you might look at, um, you'll see like little squares inside of bigger squares. And so hunting those little quarter section pieces, um, they're nice when you have dogs that don't run super big. Our, none of our dogs I would consider really, really big runners or anything. So... Those are nice size sections to hunt, and I think a lot of people overlook them because they feel like they're too small. Um, so we found a little quarter section that had three streams that kind of converged. And so we took a walk and kind of just walked up and down the banks of all of those. Got really, uh, really nice searching from my, my oldest dog, Anya, and from Gretchen's puppy, Archer. Um, running him with her it really helped kind of stretch him out a little bit. Um, and she was even running big for her, um, but it was pretty open cover. 
so we, we went around all of that stuff and then in one of kind of the back corners along the creek on your pointed um, a really nice covey of um, Bob Whites and they so when they flushed uh, a shot and knocked a couple feathers off of one but they just kept flying and then because that place was small this is the one downside of that they kind of they kind of flew in the direction of private land and we hunted our way up there and the dogs got birdie a little bit but we didn't ultimately find them again so I think they just flushed on the land we couldn't hunt um, and that was kind of the end of our day the only other thing that happened on that walk was Ani got skunked I don't know if uh, I don't know what happened to the skunk I didn't see it happen but we just we were walking back to the truck and I kept getting whiffs of a skunk and I couldn't figure out where it was or maybe somebody just hit it on the road and the wind was when the wind would just catch it right it was blowing it to us and then we got back into the truck and I stuck on you in the box we got back to the house that we're staying in here um in this part of Kansas and she smells terrible I mean she stinks and she made everything that was in the bed of the truck with her stink so my jacket smells like skunk my duffel bag with all my clothes in it smells like skunk I mean, it just stinks. It's so bad. Um, so these are like, uh, I guess, bird dog experiences that everybody's going to have at some point. So Ebby and Anya both had encounters with porcupines. Uh, and then this was our first skunk encounter. Um, so it took us five or six years to get here. Um, but we finally had a dog get skunked. And so that was the end of our day. Bobby, you, you hunted a couple places. Yeah, for... but I have to just add to the skunk thing because um, a lot of people may not know that it's... I used to always carry mass Massengale douche because <laughs> it is really good for cleaning skunk out, <laughs> out of a dog. Really? <laughs> yes. It's in a bottle and you just douche the dog. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So now you know. Go Learn to the store and get new. some. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, That's I spent the rest tip. of the day trying to find some place to hunt. I found, at the very end of the day, I found some good habitat. But I've always found out here that when you're, when you're looking for birds, particularly with, in the case of pheasants, it's always, if you're hunting, you know, CRP or whatever, um, it's really good to have some grain around nearby within... A mile um, because they just they gravitate to that they'll move in and out of the CRP to the grain back and forth and that's where birds will be so I even though the habitat looked really good there wasn't enough uh, there wasn't any grain around it so I think I saw my youngster pup of eight months found pointed a, a rooster a couple of times but the wily rooster was alive because he was a runner fight or flight and uh and so we, we didn't get a shot on that so we saw a few birds but nothing um the ones that were in range were hens and the ones that uh were smart enough to run off and fly at a distance were the roosters of course and so we've so. been we've been looking at maps tonight to try to pick out places we're going to look at tomorrow and gretchen and I, gretchen and i drove past a bunch of stuff but Bobby, what we're looking for 
when we're doing this mostly, we're looking for these walk-in hunting areas that are adjacent to crop fields, right? right? So right. we want to see at least one side of these little squares on these right. maps that we're looking at that we know we can hunt that is directly adjacent to, in particular, corn or sorghum is what the advice that I got from other friends But even wheat stubble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've hunted... I've gotten pheasants in Kansas in wheat stubble. Yeah. Okay. If it, but it's it has to be pretty high wheat stubble. Yeah, and we did that one one uh, one of our hunts in North Dakota. Um, we walked with two other guys. I think it was two other guys, and we we kind of just sort of walked a whole wheat field. But yeah. it was the same thing. It was like it was probably knee high. Almost. Yeah, I haven't seen any high wheat stubble out here yet. Yeah. And then and then so. for quail, um, we're looking at. Creeks, right? Creek bottom, brushy creek bottoms, or uh, brushy fence rows along corn or something like that. Yeah. If you can find that, that's probably the best. So, so far, Kansas is, um, (laughs) uh, it's been an an experience, Uh, but hopefully the hunting will get better tomorrow. We've that. been hunting, we just haven't been finding. Yeah, that's true. That's why it's called hunting. <laughs> the people that's have been true. very nice around here. Yeah, people. the people are great. That's that's for sure the case. Cute little towns. Yeah. Oh, I completely skipped over the little motel place we stayed last night. Yeah, mm. I mean, you're not really a wild bird hunter until you stay in a motel that cost you 30-some dollars a night. <laughs> And it was actually it was very nice. nice. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, Except for the broken, not, like, crack pipes. It was It was called the... It's neither here nor there. It was, yeah, shout it was out to the, the Traveler's Budget Inn in Great Bend, Kansas. It was very cheap, but it was clean. Um, the room was clean. I won't say the surrounding area was clean, but the rooms were... We paid more for not as good of a place to stay. Sure. And, and we always like, when we have our dogs in the car, we like to be able to pull up right to our, the door of our room and, instead of having interior doors. Yeah, I've heard people call them down and outs. There we go. Yeah. Hmm. I so, call them mom and pops. Yeah, <laughs> the exterior door, you can walk straight out to your truck so you can check on your dogs, feed them, and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, that's been a recap of our trip so far. Um, it's been a good time. Uh, the hard part about hunting public land is that you're hunting public land and you're hunting wild birds and so it takes time and effort a buddy called me yesterday while we were driving and he uh when i told him how much we were walking he was like it sounds like a lot it sounds like a lot of walking (laughs) it's just out here there's so much stuff to hunt so trying to pick where to go is hard um the only thing I can say is that since we've been doing this for a couple years, is you start finding places with birds, and then you know you can go back to those places most of the, most of the time the next year and find birds again. And so if you're just you've had a couple walks where you're not finding anything, you go back to a place that's produced for you. You shoot a bird or two, you feel better about yourself, and then you go back out and you keep hunting new places. Um, but I. Uh, I think it's fun trying to pick apart the landscape and find spots that hold birds. Um, our dogs have to do a lot of the work, uh, but that part is a part that we're kind of responsible for is 
putting them in the right places so that they can find birds in the covers that you're choosing to hunt. And so the longer that I do this, the more I'm enjoying that part. Like, can I look at a map? Can I look at the topography when we pull up there? Do I see cover that looks okay? And then if so, then we put the dogs down there and they hunt. And then if we find birds, I'm happy. If I shoot birds, I'm ecstatic. And that's kind of how this stuff has been working for us. Um, but I really, really enjoy um, these trips. This is like our third or fourth year taking a bunch of them. And um, it's just been a lot of fun. So hopefully somebody listens to this and then they'll take their first trip because we didn't do this stuff um, five years ago. We weren't really traveling to hunt with our dogs like we are now. And it's um, it's been really, really enjoyable. We've met a lot of really great people and we've seen a lot of parts of the country that I think I definitely wouldn't have any reason to be here if I wasn't trying to walk around with my dogs i i always tell people um that i i used to breed munsterlanders i'm not breeding anymore but but when people would call me and talk about getting a puppy i would always just tell them i said you're you're not buying a puppy you're buying a lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's true <laughs> ask them. that's what nate's saying <laughs> yep changed our lives Closing thoughts. Um, cheers. Cheers. Here, <laughs> <laughs> here. Uh, to better luck tomorrow. Until tomorrow. <laughs>